You have a direct association between scintillation and bubbles. I have a way to double the business of Alcazar. To use your bathroom on your floor. The joys of the uh, schoolyard fistfight. Promulgates an unrealistic view of life which puts pressure on other people and they feel inadequate because they're not living like that. Tremendous FOMO. You know, there's that old expression, beer muscles. After drinking too much, you get into fights because you have no beer muscles. Barbershop quartets. And levity, I'm all for because there's a lot of reasons to be unleavened. everyone, and welcome to yet another scintillating edition of Smart Drivel. John, what do we do? We promise something and we deliver what? Uh, I think we promise the drivel and hope for the smart. Okay, so this is Kurt Schneider. I'm John Ellenthal. And welcome to another episode of Smart Drivel. What do you think scintillating feels like? Because it's one of those words that, I mean, I kind of- I'll tell you exactly what I think it feels like. Okay, go ahead. Have you felt scintillated? Do you remember Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Not only- do I remember it, but I loved it, read it, and then my children made me watch it a hundred times when they were young. So remember when they go start going up, up, up in that bubble chamber and they're going to oh, hit they, the fan? Jack Nicholson and they have to- Al- Not Jack Nicholson. No, Jack Albertson. <laughs> Jack Albertson. Sorry about that. And they had to burp in order to uh, get themselves and lower in altitude. I think that's scintillating. So oh, I think of something more um, ethereal and uplifting. What do you want? Pain is scintillating. I don't think it is personally, but I'm delighted that you do. That's how so you 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 have a direct association between scintillation and bubbles. Okay, I can't imagine um, that we're going to talk about the word scintillating through our entire podcast. What's our topic today, Kurt? Today, John, I was thinking we should discuss something that's um, pervasive in our society. Oh, pervasive! Yes, this actually, some of and some of this topic. Would would have fallen in beautifully into our pet peeves um, episode a while ago. One of my favorites. I think we should discuss social media, the pros and the cons, because there are like any interesting innovation in society or technology. Like it's a huge part of um, everyday life. Tons of pros and tons of cons. Okay, so uh, let's talk about social media. But since you mentioned pet peeves, there was a pet peeve that I didn't mention during that episode, and maybe you have one that you've been holding on to as well? Give it to me. This one drives me nuts. Me too. So you, <laughs> thank you for that. We both have worked in office buildings for a lot of years, and it is quite common for someone to come from another floor to use your bathroom on your floor. And it's very clear that they, because of a newspaper under their arm, or you know what they're going to do. And it drives me nuts that they have to leave their floor and come to my floor so they can drop a deuce. What's up with that? They're not known on your floor. They're not I known understand, on your floor, so but they can be incognito. I know why they do it, but you Drop think, the deuce incognito. I don't think it's right. I, I don't have an issue with it. So I thought of a pet peeve too. Yeah. And that's what got this whole one that we're trying to get to about <sighs> social media. We're getting there. I was walking down the street in New York City the other day. I almost ran into probably 17 people who were not looking up, yeah, couldn't care less where they are in their own bubble, 
looking down at their damn phones, texting, do whatever. And, and they have AirPods in. And they're just walking. And yeah. they, people be damned, people in strollers be damned, pets, old women, old men, anything. Huge pet peeve. Get off your damn phone, look up and be and live in today's world. And you the today's what? world is not on a phone. It's around you. Wow. So yeah. that would be a con for me. For once in a while, once in a while, our um, our com- our curmudge- our emerging curmudgeonly selves comes out. So uh, that's a wonderful transition because they're almost certainly on social media or having a video chat because or playing Candy Crush. So social media. I looked up scintillating. By the way, it's sparkling or shining brightly. Where do you get burping? Sparkling, bubbly. Brilliantly and excitingly clever or skillful, not burping and bubbles. Now, I think I think effervescent is a bubble word. I don't think scintillating is a bubble word. You asked me what it conjured up, and that's what it conjured up. Can you tell me? There's no wrong answer. Well, before I tell you about social, a pro of social. Okay, but before we before we do that, can you just level set and tell me which social media you are actively a part of? No, (laughs) no, you can't because you don't want to. I won't. Okay. So I'm a regular user of Twitter. In fact, I spend what is absolutely an unhealthy amount of time on Twitter. Are you equal? Am I equal in what way? Or are you a voyeur, Twitter voyeur? I do not publish much. So you're a Twitter voyeur. I am much fine. more I'm of a voyeur. I'm not saying there's a problem. I didn't feel any judgment from you. But it actually does sort of defeat the idea of social media because one's supposed to beget another. So I... I it's like using ways and not posting that you see. So do you want a pro or, or a... Look, I, I think when the, in the case of Twitter, you have you know, instant access to the opinions and news items from people that you want to hear from. So it is a great way to stay in touch with people and things that you care about. But you just said something very interesting. That explains a look on your face. What you care about. So by that definition and by its nature, aren't you sort of self-selecting into a bubble that only, not bubbles like scintillating, but a bubble that only you are living in and therefore you're just, it's this self it's an echo chamber. It's sure. Yeah, look, I think that's true of any curated media, whether you're self-curating or you rely on the editor-in-chief of some publication or news program, you're basically, quote unquote, paying someone with your attention for them to look at all the messages and stories and things going on in the world and figure out which ones are worth sharing with you sure. and which ones you're worth investing your time and but attention there are in. people who don't read just the New York Times or the New York Post or the Wall Street Journal, but read all three. Yeah, there are. So there are people who, look, you can follow people on Twitter that are from very different walks of life and very different points of view. I think one of the cons, though, is because of confirmation bias, we tend to follow and read people who say things that we agree with. And since the country is um, incredibly divided, it is uh, it is an instrument that further divides us. If you only, you know, if you only get messages and read things from people who see the world the same way you do, you're increasingly convinced that you got it right and everybody else is wrong because there are lots of people out there that seem to agree with you. So let's go. And I, I actually agree with you. I think. Why do you say actually? Well, because sometimes do you I find don't. ourselves not agreeing a lot. <laughs> no, but sometimes I... <laughs> so we had a little dispute over scintillating. Next yeah. thing you know, uh-huh. I actually uh-huh. agree with you. Uh-huh. I'm holding a, not a grudge, uh, I'm holding a scintillating, pervasive... Effervescent, perhaps? Stick. When you say effervescent, which you didn't, because I did, I think of Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, it's definitely effervescent. I think of personalities, actually. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. If that isn't the most brilliant copywriting... I don't know what is. Can I tell you something more brilliant about that? 
Oh, please, top me. The guy who came up with that yeah. went into the ad agency and he said, I have a way to double the business of Alcazar. I think he was right. It used to be one tablet. And he said, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. So they doubled their business. They had they, to have two tablets. Yes, you have to have one. two. They, they didn't reduce the dose of each tablet. They just said, take twice as much. There you go. That's the okay. American way, John. Um, you know, there's probably Twitter feeds and Facebook groups that talk about great advertising. So social media, Kurt. Okay. So a positive for me or a, a pro for me in social media yeah. in general, beyond sort of the news feed that you were talking about with Twitter, is I think it's, an, it's a great way to stay in touch. Two different ways to stay in touch. One, two, with two your, mints in one, your, like two Alka Seltzer. The current people you already know in your life, right. whether it's dipping back to grade school, yeah. high school, college, your first job, yeah. whatever. Isn't it great when you hear from someone that you went to elementary school with and you hadn't thought of them in 40 years? Well, I, 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 I'm not on those Facebook, so I okay. do not hear from so them. So you want to talk about social media, despite the fact that you don't have a Facebook account? I have other accounts. Okay. So the idea is- LinkedIn is what you're talking about. And- oh, I have more than LinkedIn. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, I think it's a way to stay in touch with people. No question. And to stay in easy touch and easy access. It's also a way- it's an easy way to gain new friends. There's a positive to it. You have so many friends. What would you possibly do with more? Uh, that's why I'm not on it. Because yes. I don't need to find out well, more. Well, some people actually use Facebook and other social media to alienate their friends and reduce their friend count. Or others use it to how? You say things like you might take a political position and some of your friends might say, not only do I disagree with you, but I don't come on Facebook to hear stuff like that. I'm out of here. So- that's a con for me. Clearly, alienating people well, and losing friends. Actually, the con for me is that there's no terminus on social media. It can just keep going and going and going. I wrote an op-ed once that my wife would not let me publish. She has very good judgment. Because the op-ed was entitled, <laughs> The Joys of the Schoolyard Fist Fight. Oh, my God. But here was the premise. The premise was, and, and I'm not espousing that we should be fighting. I'm not. The premise was when we grew up, there were the schoolyard fistfights. What would happen is you'd have a disagreement with a friend physically. Yeah. The friend would then challenge you to a fight. Everyone in class knew. And at three o'clock yes. on the hopscotch thing, you're getting out in a fight. The fights lasted about 11 seconds. The most damage you got was probably when I took a swing at Jimmy's face, I he ducked and I cut my knuckle on his braces. Oh, God. After that fight, we were friends. The dispute was over. It was a so, terminus and went on. So you, In social media, there's no, there's there's no, no terminus and you just keep going okay, and going. Okay, so there's no resolution. Resolution, great word. Okay, so there's no resolution and you basically you're saying that the problem with social media is you can't punch somebody in the braces. What I'm saying You can, is you just can't do it physically. You have no terminus. Okay. So the lack of resolution, but most relationships and conversations do go on open-ended, whether they take place in digital media or in the schoolyard. You know, like any new tool, it depends on the motives of the person who's using the tool to determine, that determines whether it's a force of good or a force of evil. If I said to you, the knife, that was a good invention. It allowed us to hunt and prepare our foods and all that kind of stuff. The knife in the hand of someone violent, bad. So look, airplanes are incredible, right? I mean, they have what they've done 
for you know economic development and and just giving people the chance to explore all corners of a round earth expand incredible horizons. hijacked flown into buildings they are major forces of evil so you know the thing about social media is so e- the barriers to publishing are non-existent now so you can spew any point of view and if your motives are evil to be divisive to sow hate to provoke to be destructive, and you could obviously do that in a very organized way. So the Russians obviously basically hijacked social media to sow all sorts of you know, seeds of discord and misinformation. Then it's just so easy to do that now. And that's not freedom of the press. That's actually using it in a slanderous way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's legally slander or not, but it's clearly evil. And, you know, that's a problem. Look at the damage. If you wanted to go out on Facebook and buy ads that say, listen, the election has been moved or your polling place isn't going to be open. So I don't know what the right guardrails are, but there are no guardrails, it appears. And so while it's an incredible force of good, it can also be an incredible force of bad. And it's more powerful than the tools we used to have because so many people use them. I would think looking through history, There are many, many other examples of that exact same thing. What is a positive is also a negative. So let me give you another one on social media, my thinking about it. And this is one that's been widely talked about, especially with teenagers and high school, et cetera. For something that bills itself as social media, it's decidedly antisocial in my mind, especially the Instagram, Snapchat, TikToks of the world, because the way people use them. Kids, and I won't even say kids, I will go from however age all the way up to 20s, 30s, 40s. People use it to present their best selves. Yeah. That is not reality. Yeah. Exactly. But they're presenting that. You they can actually be a completely different person online. And if I'm watching it or reading it or following someone who I don't know personally and I see that or I do know them personally, but I don't know that behind this, they're having issues when they're going to parties every night. It it promulgates an unrealistic view of life, which puts pressure on other people and they feel inadequate because they're not living like that. Tremendous FOMO. Tremendous FOMO, but it's unrealistic. Yeah. So we've always had that, right? As you, I mean, that was, that was magazine ads. And before that, you know, it's characters on TV, but we spend hieroglyphics. Okay. And then there were apparently very uh, unrealistic body image issues in the hieroglyphics. so back to caves, we've had this issue. So basically, we've, we are the same as we've always been because biology doesn't, evolution doesn't really move that fast. Our tools keep changing. But with each successive, you know, generation of tools, you know, the upside gets greater and the downside gets greater. Look at drones, which have nothing to do with social media, I'll point out. But it used to be that if you wanted to do things in space, in, in the air, you had to be a nation or a right. nation state. Now somebody, you know, from their bedroom or basement can actually control airspace. That's a positive. And well, if you're getting your groceries delivered, sure. But if someone's dropping some sort of biological weapon, you know, on a very specific group of people, you know, it's just the stakes seem so much higher now. So are we old? Is that the problem? I think here? what you're saying is you want to be an Amish person or a Mennonite and go back and live that without because what we're talking I don't about think I is, look good with a beard in a beard without a mustache though but there is an opportunity to advance 
I think each of these tools, because they're so powerful, you know, in the wrong hands can be devastating. By the way. Let's talk about bullying because, you know, that's obviously a big con of social media. And since you like to, since you're a fan of fistfights in the schoolyard, how do you feel about the bullying that goes on? People can, I think it's horrendous. And I think people hide behind it and it's so easy to do something quickly. Boom, boom, boom. Because guess what? It's my whole issue with social media in general. For something built as social, it's it's anti-social. It's a substitute for human interaction. And you're not interacting. And so, boy, do I have, you know, there's that old expression, beer muscles. After drinking too much, you get into fights because you have beer beer muscles. You must be looking at your biceps with your beer goggles. These are beer muscles. You think you're stronger than you are. Yeah. There are social media muscles. Look, there's plenty of things you would say to somebody that you wouldn't be willing to say to their face. So it is a perversion of human interaction. So I'm with you there. So what was our social media, by the way, 20 years ago, or what was that killer app? Email. And what did it do in the, the workplace, 90s, yeah. right? People it, would sit there and they'd, they'd get mad at someone via email. And I used to tell people, get up, walk the eight feet to the other cubicle and have a conversation with the person. Don't say you didn't do this and try to run away from it. Well, you bring up a good point because one of the big challenges with these, you know, these written asynchronous media is that the tone of the message is supplied by the reader. And so someone could say something that's completely benign, but you read it with whatever filter you've got going on at that moment, Absolutely, whatever story's in your head, next thing you know, you're pissed off at that person when they did absolutely nothing. That's right. So intent gets lost an awful lot, by the way. Yeah. Well, the intent is supplied by the reader. That's kind of a problem. That's the issue. Yeah. Right? Well, we, we agree, even though, you know what? We actually agree. You give up the intent to the reader once you put it into space. Right. Well, that's all. That's always the issue with the written word. But so much of our communications are written now that. Anyway, the so number one. We should talk about cat videos. The number one viewed artifact in the British Museum. Rosetta Stone. You are correct. Woo! You are correct. The Rosetta Stone changed everything. Tell me more. Well, before the Rosetta Stone, which was found in like the 1860s or something, when some army was trying to rebuild something or whatever, it popped out of the ground. What it did was it allowed us to understand what the language of the hieroglyphics were. We had no idea what the hieroglyphics were. All right, Kurt. So one of your many charms is that you have an extraordinary elite command of history. Scintillating, some would say. I don't think so, because there's nothing shiny about it. Okay. And I I don't think, I mean, there's been burping throughout history as well. So we probably should discuss the most famous burps of all time. But you raise an interesting topic, and that is the social media of the 90s. So go back in history and give me the social media equivalents of different periods. Was there any many-to-many communications throughout history? War, I guess, would be one. But what? give me a many-to-many communication. The commandments? Many-to-many. So God oh, many wrote those. Many-to-many. Yeah, so if you believe in a plurality of, you know, of gods, is that a proper use of plurality? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Let my people go. Did well, you see History of the World? Yes. That's such a great scene when Mel <laughs> bring Brooks. Me, I bring you these 15, 15 10. 10 commandments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? I still, um, so Mel Brooks, wow. You know what? Is he alive? Yes. I'd like to be connected to him on so social media. He and Carl Reiner. I'm going to follow them both on Twitter. So they're both in their late 90s. Yeah. Every night they have dinner together and watch Jeopardy and laugh. Is Jeopardy funny? 
It depends. I, I don't, you know what? Depends on who the contestants are. Is a cat video social media? Well, no, I'm just, I pointed that out because when, when YouTube and Facebook were first sort of figuring out their use cases, we spread a lot of stupidity around, but highly entertaining stupidity and levity I'm all for because there's a lot of reasons to be unleavened. Like bread. Are we <laughs> I was Passover? thinking of Moses again. Gossip. Okay. I think gossip. I think you got something there. So gossip, I mean, that's, that's obviously just a pure, not good thing because gossip has a seriously bad connotation, right? But it could be good. Give me a good gossip. That guy, John, is so handsome. That's not gossip. That's gospel. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Kurt. So we've made our level best attempt to talk about social media. Yeah. But since this is Smart Dribble, we ended up covering a lot of territories and categories that have nothing to do with social media. We sounded like a couple of old guys bemoaning kids and, you know, this is like we're bemoaning rock and roll if we were parents back in the 50s. So, Kurt, you want to you want to wrap us up? You sent us out. You want to bring us home? So all I want to say is, you know what? We talk about historical stuff. We talk about random stuff and we talk about stuff that that happens today. And social media is a big part of our life now. I wonder, John, here's how we're going to leave it. What will be the social media in the future? It'll all be done telepathically, I can tell you that. I think there's going to be, I think we're going to connect the brain in ways that don't require that we communicate through our mouths. Like the first fish that walked out of the water. Amphibious, Imagine baby. being there for that. You're sitting Amphibious, there. Amphibious, baby. You're lying on the beach trying to catch some rays and this what fish suddenly- What the hell is he doing? Yeah, that, that's a great moment. That is a great moment. Right there in the time, the first one I came out and said, hey, I'm walking. Yeah. All right. I, I think we're done here. All right. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's a merciful thing to say. And Until do. next time, our audience. This is uh, John Ellenthal. And Kurt Schneider. Saying goodbye and may your lives be filled with smart dribble. <laughs>